Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording from the Long Island Bunker. Folks, I want to start off with saying that today's episode was a very difficult one for me to record because the pain and the despair that is happening within the LGBTQ community, particularly those that identify as trans, is unbearable, unimaginable, and should not be happening in this country or any country. I've been thinking a lot, you know, as we, in this uh, new Christian fundamentalist fascist state, that we are all coming to terms with. It's it's like waking up from a nightmare and realizing that it is reality is kind of the place that I have been in. And I know millions of people across this country have been in since the decision by the Supreme Court for the first time in the Supreme Court's history in modern times to be a body that takes away fundamental rights as opposed to providing or expanding on what it means to live in the land of the free. And I think that what a lot of young people, young women are facing right now is a country that has become overnight incredibly dangerous. But here's the thing that for those folks who are trans, who are part of the LGBTQ community, their lives have always been in danger right? By virtue of just having the audacity to show up in their body as who they are, to be able to, as my guest, Jin will say, to be able to self-direct, right? To self-direct. And I thought about this as they were speaking. Jin Pham is the communications director at an organization called the Transgender Education Network of Texas. So you just imagine, just by title alone, what Jen and 
the people who work at TENT uh, and other LGBTQ organizations in the state of Texas and nationally are dealing with. And it is the understanding that you have elected officials who are telling you that you do not have the right to dignity and respect, that frankly, you shouldn't even exist. Jin will walk through the fact that the deaths of trans people, the murders of trans people have been up in the state of Texas since last year when they started to roll out all of these insidious, cruel policies. Ones that we've talked about on this show that criminalize parents for caring for the needs of their transgender children, being able to access the hormone treatment necessary in order for them to thrive, right? You now have Governor Abbott who has directed an already overwhelmed uh, Child Protective Services Agency to investigate, interrogate, threaten, and criminalize parents for caring for their children because they have decided that what abuse looks like is what we know to be love. Because when your child comes to you and tells you who they are and that they, without the ability to access these treatments, will kill themselves, will harm themselves, what would any loving parent do? Right? What would any parent who actually believes that their child should have the chance at a full and complete life filled with happiness, joy, right? Deny them that access, deny them that right? Well, that's what Governor Abbott is telling you to do because you see, in their warped mind, right? In these Republicans' warped mind, they have so much love and commitment and quote unquote passion for the unborn, but fuck those that are able to walk on two feet, crawl, right? Or breathe actual oxygen. Oh, then they don't give a fuck. And this is what they tell us time and time again, right? They want to talk about, oh, the overturning of Roe v. Wade being a, uh, a win for life. No, the fuck it is not. How is it a win for life? When you vote against all of the ways that people would be able to protect their families, help their families, provide health and education for their families, to be able to advance their families. Republicans don't want to do any of that. And they don't consider the inability to do so a problem. Well, that's your problem. They're going to force you into creating a family, but they're not going to help you care for that family. No, they would, they would then admonish you or criminalize how you choose to care for your family because your choice in this quote unquote free nation has been taken away. You have no choice. That choice is dependent on what state that you live in. And if you are a queer person in this country, if you are a trans person in this country and don't happen to live right now in a blue state, because let me just make it clear, like I say every single week it feels like now, is that our safety is in fact an illusion. It is an illusion. And that is exactly what Jin Pham will tell us later on in the show. Safety isn't real, right? We, we love to pretend that, oh, police keep us safe, but we know we have learned the hard way that police do not keep us safe. They keep themselves safe. They cover their own asses. 
they don't protect and serve anyone that is outside of their blue force field, right? The blue shield of silence, the blue code of silence. Damn those citizens, damn those people that need defending, like the poor children and teachers in Uvalde that were left to be slaughtered as police, what, huddled outside their doors? I am, you know, at a loss when each and every week we begin with a hangover of the despair and the trauma that happened the week before. This week already, you have the Supreme Court making another unilateral decision in a six to three, right? Deciding that a football coach in Washington state, which we have talked about on this show before, who had been warned by the public school that he was employed by to stop his prayer meetings, right? To stop making such a display on the 50-yard line after each game to pray and have the students rush in and bring his team in to pray for their victory. And how this case was brought up by the parent of a child who is atheist, who was on the football team and felt like they had no choice, that if they did not pray with the coach, then they weren't going to gonna get to play. Well, Neil Gorsuch, who wrote the opinion said this, quote, both the free exercise and free speech clauses of the First Amendment protect expressions like Mr. Kennedy's, nor does a proper understanding of the amendment's establishment clause require the government to single out private religious speech for special disfavor. The Constitution and the best of our traditions counsel mutual respect and tolerance, not censorship and suppression for religious and non-religious views alike. So what the Supreme Court has done after overturning Roe v. Wade, after limiting your access to Miranda rights, has now decided that there is no longer a line between church and state. So how long before we have prayer back in schools? Because these teachers decide, well, it is my belief that I need to pray before the start of each day. And now your children in that classroom and you as a parent or caregiver have no right or legal standing to object on because the Supreme Court just took away that right as well. Another win for radical Christian ideology and a loss for the rest of us. Each decision is chipping away at democracy. Democracy is supposed to be government that is run for and by the people, where the people actually have a voice and voting actually matters. Except the nine people that are getting to make decisions about which rights we actually get and which ones that they don't want us to have anymore because, you know, who gives a fuck about a 100-year-old precedent or 50-year-old precedent? They weren't elected by the people. And they have lifetime appointments. I created multiple videos recently, and I was on MSNBC, where I said, you know, we don't even have Democrats opening up an investigation into fucking Clarence Thomas and whether or not he's actually compromised because of what we've learned about the back channeling that his wife, Ginny Thomas, was doing with Mark Meadows on the day of the insurrection and days and weeks after. We've never had an investigation into Brett Kavanaugh and the fact that the FBI had collected over 4,000 tips from people who said that Brett Kavanaugh is a sexual predator. We haven't looked into that. 
I just don't understand why we even have these fucking rules and regulations and policies on the books that say we have the ability to remove people from their positions if, in fact, they are compromised. If nobody's going to do the investigation into the, compro- into the compromise, what the fuck do we have the laws for in the first goddamn place? Because I'm pretty sure that even if there was a hint of anything that was going on, With a justice that was appointed by a Democrat, Republicans would have no fucking problem calling an impeachment inquiry, turning that person into the poster child for corruption and forcing them probably to resign. But Democrats don't do any of that. You have right now, right? Joe Biden is in Europe at the G7 conference and he's speaking out and talking about, oh, America is back. America is nowhere. And it's not going to be too long before the rest of the world snags the microphone from the mouthpiece of America and says, who the fuck are you to tell us about liberty and justice and freedom? You can't even control your own goddamn country. You're sitting over here in Europe and your Supreme Court just voted to put women and people with uteruses back into the 20th century. Right? You don't even have voting rights in most of your goddamn states that haven't been thwarted in some way by Republican zealots, right? Like, so who is America in the world right now? That's a question that other world leaders are going to start to ask. As many of them have offered their own, like, absolute disbelief in how quickly America and our democracy is crumbling and are going to need to figure out if America goes down, who's going to be standing up for democracy in the world as fascism is taking hold across the world. We are focusing right now on what is happening in Ukraine and the horrific bombing of the shopping mall that they don't even know. They can't even fucking tally the death toll because that's how many people have probably perished. They couldn't even put out the fire. But we can't put out the fire that the Republicans lit with the election of Donald Trump in 2016. American democracy is ablaze. And I wish that Merrick Garland was paying as much attention to what was going on in these United States as he was to what is happening in Ukraine. I'm still waiting around, folks, wondering when the sense of urgency and the alarm clock for the Democratic establishment is going to go off. Because if it isn't the Roe v. Wade decision, which, by the way, all they want to do is fucking fundraise off of, and I'm still wondering why the hell there was no strategy that was put in place when Republicans had been organizing in plain sight for the last 50 goddamn years. Why is everybody caught off guard? Who's been in leadership and been empowered and been in Congress for fucking decades? Now, I understand why the American people are caught off guard because you thought that the people that you elected would actually protect you. You didn't realize that they were only going to be protecting themselves. And what I am seeing that without direct opposition from the Democratic Party and they're taking money from the same goddamn people, I'm like, are you all just on the same team? And I have been hoodwinked, bamboozled, into believing that there was actually a difference between Democrats and Republicans? Because right now I don't see one. I see Joe Manchin uttering the same disbelief and clutching the same pearls that Susan Collins is. Oh my God, I can't believe these justices lied to us. Well, they fucking lied to you and you have the power to hold them accountable for it, but you won't. So save your fucking outrage for somebody that gives a shit because I sure as hell don't. What I know is that each and every day in this country is getting worse and worse. And I have friends that I'm in conversation with that are waking up and they are sick, literally becoming physically ill, not with COVID, but with despair. 
You know, I have traveled and I'm certain that all of you have traveled around the world into places that have corrupt governments. We're only going on vacation there, right? We pop in and we pop out, but I can look in those people's eyes and see that there is something that has been put out and it is their will because they no longer have free will. Their will is dictated to them by their government. That is exactly what is happening in these United States. But we keep thinking that elections are going to save us. And I'm telling you, no, folks, it's time for folks to get out into these streets. Because these voting booths, once Republicans take back power, are going to look like, you know, those little games that you use at the carnival where you're putting in all of your money and the claw comes down and maybe it picks up something, but most likely it doesn't. That's how it's going to feel every time we vote. Maybe they'll count it. Maybe they won't. But Democrats never stop asking you for your money. And the question is, where the fuck is the money going? Because it sure as fuck isn't going into messaging and branding. (sighs) Coming up next, friends, my conversation with the communications director and manager of outreach at the Transgender Education Network in Texas, Jin Pham. Hey, I'm David Plotz of Slate's Political Gab Fest. As another election season accelerates, it can be tricky to sort through all the noise in the news. Each week on the Gab Fest, John Dickerson, Emily Bazelon, and I decipher the headlines, break down the races, and tell you what issues really matter. We do not always agree. We definitely do not always agree. But we always deliver thoughtful debate, and we always have a good time. So subscribe to Slate's Political Gab Fest. New episodes every Thursday. There. I want to tell you about another podcast I think you'll love. The Brown Girl's Guide to Politics, hosted by Ashanti Goler, the president of Emerge. BGG is the one-stop shop for women of color who want to hear and talk about the world of politics. Join Ashanti this season as she talks to incredible women of color who are changing the face of politics and tackling some of the most important issues facing the United States. From reproductive justice to voting rights to climate change and more. Tune in every Tuesday wherever you get your podcasts. Folks, I am very happy to welcome to Woke AF for the very first time, Jin Pham, who is the communications director and outreach manager for Transgender Education Network of Texas, or TENT. Jin, um, I would ask you about, you know, just casually, how are you? How are you doing these days? How are you feeling about, you know, our country and your work? Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll offer that up as a, as a, as a jumping off point. For sure. Um, it's been a weekend, I'll definitely say. And, you know, with, from all the way from the leak back in, I don't know, what is it? May to Mm -hmm. now, like this has been a reality for my state for even longer than that. We're talking about September since SB8 dropped, um, and for the folks of color and folks that don't necessarily have you know, great access to healthcare in general, uh, if they're cis or cisgender or trans or not, um, it's always been really hard, especially here in Texas. So um, everything's going not the best, but we, we've, we've prepared ourselves uh, for a long time for this. So tell us about the nature of your organization and the work uh, that you all do 
and how it has either changed or shifted with the myriad of anti-trans bills that have originated out of Texas. I call Texas and Florida the petri dish of the radical right, right? They they are testing out just how far they can go to push the LGBTQ community, but particularly trans people back into the closet or to very to criminalize the very existence thereof. And so tell us about how what the work primarily is of your organization and if and how it has shifted over the past couple of months. For sure. Um, Just to give a little bit of background, we've been talking about trans folks since marriage equality, I guess, even further than that, I would say. Um, And especially here in Texas, you know, with the bathroom bills that came out, um, gosh, five years ago, and they started talking about it six or seven years ago. You know, we, myself and a lot of my colleagues have been in this mode of operation for quite a long time already. Um, If we were just to count last year's legislative session Mm -hmm. from last January, uh, it's been 18 months since we've been experiencing these consistent uh, cruel attacks. And I want to say that the cruelty is definitely the point when we're talking about my members in my community who have been listening to their state legislator um, talk about their right to live, their right to dignity, their right to privacy, um, and their ability to live a life that's self-directed, but also one that is uh, deserving of happiness, right? You know, so TENT is uh, the Transgender Education Network of Texas. We're one of four trans-led policy focus orgs in the country um so there's only four orgs kind of like you know tackling these attacks um that are speaking from the voice of trans folks um and so the last few months we back in february around the 22nd um the attorney general dropped an opinion um saying that being gender affirming to children is child mm-hmm. abuse. And yep. um, this is still using the same language that reflected a bill that was shot down last year. Um, following that, uh, the governor let down a, a an order for DFPS or the Department of Family Protective Services, um, CPS for anybody else mm-hmm. that might be listening. Um, to start investigating these families, right? Going to their homes, their businesses, um, going to the the children's schools just to see if child abuse is going, right? And there is definitely an obligation for CPS to investigate every single report of abuse to a child or a person who is elderly, right? So understand that as part of their job, but We're also talking about an organization that's already stretched so thin uh, in a state that's so large um, with one of the largest economies that have a large amount of folks that are already struggling, right? And so, you know, having these investigations happen to families of my community members uh, has really put that stress really even further up front, right? Last year, we had, you know, a lot of young uh, trans folks and non-binary folks, gender expansive folks, 
uh, argue with their state leaders in either the testimony room or on the floor of the Senate um, for their own dignity. And now, um, servants of the state are trying to keep it together. <laughs> it's hard. It's okay. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah, but so for the last four months, a lot of families have been contemplating their options of staying in the state to fight, staying in the state around, you know, their support systems, you know, whatever financial way that they make money for their family, um, you know, the children's schooling, the list goes on of either they leave the state or stay in the state to be able to um, be around family, right? Um, but this isn't necessarily afforded to every family because this privilege no. of being able to move of, yep. is not necessarily everybody's privilege. And so, you know, there are a lot of families who do not have that option of leaving the country, leaving the state, um, and just have to stay here, bear with it and fight with us. Right. And so, you know, every year, um, especially this last, uh, six months, um, has been really hard on like a partner of ours is Trevor Project who mm -hmm. received a 150% rise on call volume and the Trevor Project is a mental health crisis line um, and that 150% was just last year we're looking at 200% this year uh, of calls uh, coming in from uh, queer and trans community members who um, are finding it really hard to, to be able to exist at the moment. You know, um, we had on, uh, I guess it was maybe a couple of weeks ago or a week ago. I don't know. Time is a construct at this time. Um, uh, one of the, uh, legislative folks over at the Trevor project to talk about what they have seen, uh, in this, in this time, in this time of great urgency in our community. Um, because for me, you know, as a, as a black queer woman to recognize that the world is unsafe for queer kids. And as a former teacher, as a, as, you know, as a, as a queer woman, I think about how I am feeling attacked in this moment, how I struggle you know, to keep it together, to feel like there is something to fight for, that that it's not just done, right? That 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 our agency, our freedom, um, our dignity, the respect that we have fought so hard to get to this point is just reversed um, because people have decided that we are undeserving, right? Um, I think about queer kids and I think about the fear of what it is like to be of school age and to be going into school in an environment where you have no reprieve, that there, there, there is no support from your teachers or the administrators because of fear either uh, of being persecuted or because of the fact that they believe what Abbott believes, that they believe what the Republican Party believes and that their, their caring for safety of children only is about the cells in the womb. They have nothing to do with what happens when you're able to actually breathe oxygen uh, and are, are this side of a uterus. And so I, I, I feel you. Um, and when you tell, when you, when you offer up the statistics and the numbers with the Trevor project, like, I just don't even know what we offer. So what do you, what, you know, I know that 
that you have, you know, a constituency base of people who are thinking about what they are going to do. If a majority of people have to stay because they don't have the economic privilege to be able to just pick and just, I don't even want to think about it as just the economic privilege, because if you're born in Texas, you've lived in, this is your home. This is your state. This is your community. And the idea that you are being forced out of your community should be something that is, uh, is outrageous to all of us. When people say to me, oh, well, they f- should just move. I'm like, so you just move. Why don't you just move and pick up everything that you've ever known and move to a different state? So what, what, does, what does Tent offer in terms of advice or guidance um, to families that are suffering right now and that they actually don't necessarily see light at the end of this very dark tunnel that we're in. It's hard to offer advice, but I can definitely offer a reminder that, you know, we live in a state that is considered the bloodiest state for trans people here in Texas, right? We've consistently broken records around that. Last year, we broke the records for the most anti-trans legislations in the country. But we're also talking about a extremely powerful, loving, and caring community that has been based off of so many amazing queer and trans leaders that have been able to find and create the ways for us to be able to combat um, these forms of legislations, no matter if it is around, um, you know, abortion access or affirming healthcare access to whatever that's been happening, we also must remember that this fight has lasted longer than even I have been alive. Um, And that, you know, there are so many people and they all believe in what, you know, the words that Martha P. Johnson has been staying with me for so long is that, there's no pride for some of us uh, until there's liberation for all of us. And so, you know, the team at Tent and all of our coalition members are working around the clock uh, to be able to create and also be able to take care of ourselves and everyone that we love to be able to fight uh, against everything that's happening. Um, you know, we try to consistently answer the question of like, how are trans rights human rights, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And when Mm -hmm. we say that, we mean that like, you know, when we're fighting for trans rights, we're also fighting for repro. We're also fighting for the migrants. We're also fighting for uh, water access, right? Because all of those things affect trans people and people in those spaces that we've been coming into contact with, partnering with they understand that their fight is also going to support trans folks so that we really need to be able to recognize that there are so many people so many organizations that are fighting for themselves but also your kid but also for me right um and supporting them and understanding that the way that we get through this is together how do you think that and it sounds like you all partner with a lot of organizations, um, probably not just in your state, but in a, around the country. How do you think that in this moment of great urgency and crisis that we have more um, integration of all the topics that you said, right? Like what I think what the radical right 
does so well is force us into a barrel right? Like crabs that we're fighting for this. We're fighting for voting rights over here. We're fighting for LGBTQ rights over here. We're fighting for trans rights over there. We're fighting for repo rights over there. But like you saying, all of these things are layered. And what it comes back to is power. And when you understand that what the radical right is after is power and complete and total control and autonomy over everything, right? That that is no longer a democracy. What do you think would get people to movement uh, leaders to organize in a way that is more integrated than it, than it has been. These conversations with other organizers and organizations always comes back down to the point that when we're talking about, uh, supporting everyone is understanding that it is not a sheet to cover the whole population in, but is to be able to recognize the differences that we all hold. Right. Um, like as a queer and trans Viet person, right, here in Texas is the third most spoken language, but most state universities don't necessarily teach it, right? Uh, that's just like an example of like understanding that those experiences has been able to bring together so many folks and those intersections uh, in between all of our identities, those layers of marginalization that you mentioned. Um, understanding this is this is about race, this is about class, this is about gender, this is about sexuality. Uh, this is about ability and uh, understanding that many of these institutions are based off of um, hurting folks that are marginalized mm-hmm. or controlling mm-hmm. folks that are marginalized. So recognizing those differences and recognizing the institutions that we have to interact with on a day-to-day basis is also the ability to know what has been done about it already, what hasn't worked, and what will work. And what has worked in the past and what will work now is if we do it all together and understanding that pushing together for for that progress doesn't come with uh, sacrifice or uh, compromise is understanding that we are on the right side of history and fighting together requires everyone to understand that liberation must be there for all of us. I want to ask you a question, Jen, um, that is a difficult one because it is a question about safety. How do you stay safe in a state that has targeted not, I mean, because I always find as a person that has done movement work across varied movements for, for over a decade, that it is very hard to separate the personal from the professional. And so how do you manage both fighting for yourself, the rights of your community and like maintaining your emotional, mental health and well-being at this at this time? I think safety is an idea. I think it's something we can definitely thrive for and seek, but we got to understand that the thing that when we're talking about even uh, risk reduction, for example, is that you can make it safer, right? And making it safer for yourself and the ones around you is uh, a lot more achievable <laughs> and a lot easier to be able to pat yourself on the back about um, when it comes to the day to day. It's, you know, being able to take care of yourself during these moments really requires um, more people, which has been extremely difficult in the last two and a half years. 
throughout the pandemic. But understanding that there are communities all the way from Discord to Facebook groups, from Facebook groups to WhatsApp's chat rooms, uh, being able to share your pain uh, and, mm-hmm. and holding it together and holding space for others' pain as well um, has been able to give me that solace that many of us seek, um, that community space that many of those seek, right? I think together, I mean, we're a day before the Stonewall anniversary, right? Um, it's also National HIV Testing Day, right? Um, but it wasn't just one person and it wasn't just one day. It was so many people, thousands, hundreds of thousands, mm-hmm. millions, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. hundreds of millions across the world of people who to say I love you to one another and being able to take care of one another when you can't and being able to say like, hey, I don't have it in me today. I think you saw this a lot on Friday was like, today we rest, tomorrow we fight. Like everybody has a line in which you got to understand that like self-care is like paramount in moments like this because it's a marathon. It's been a marathon. I think you've seen in the last two ten 10 years, it's a marathon. Um, and, you know, while you're getting water, a teammate can pick up the slack and carry it for yeah. you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And not because they have to, but because they want to. Yeah. Um, I think community is really important right now. Jen, well, I just want to thank you. I want to thank you for the work that you do. I want to thank you for making the time to come and share the work that you're doing um, and and words of hopefulness to the Woke AF um, audience. And, you know, I I really, I wish you rest so that you can continue a very righteous fight. Um, And we appreciate you. So thank you. I appreciate y'all so much too. I'm so lucky for this opportunity to be speaking with you. So thank you. It's no secret that the news is horse pill hard to swallow. Thankfully, there's the Bituation Room podcast hosted by comedian and commentator Francesca Friorentini for a lighter take on the heavy stuff. Each week, the Bituation Room brings you progressive comedians, experts, and activists to break down the issues in a way that won't just leave you crying under a weighted blanket. Get the Bituation Room on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and streaming on YouTube and Twitch. That is it for me today on Woke AF. As always, power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive, with no children and no casinos. Discover more at Viking.com.